The roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned into a very special Wednesday night edition of the Punchless Never Made Podcast. It's your boy Dale Lippin in here uh, with Bahama Breeze himself, Trey Van Buskirk. What's up, man? It's my fault. I apologize. But it's not hey, your fault. It's right it's before Thanksgiving. I want to say a pre-Thanksgiving to you, sir. Dude, I'm thankful for you. Well, I'm thankful for you being here as well, and especially that this might be, per the last episode, the last Thanksgiving we ever get. Uh, if you have followed along anything in the news the last, I don't know, since last week, mm-hmm. everything has been about how we should use this as a precursor to get rid of Thanksgiving. No, well, the only precursor I'm doing is cracking some of these. Oh, Ooh, boy. Headphone users beware because I'm following it up with a. <laughs> Ooh, some people are going to be basting the turkey. You and I are going to be the master basters of our bellies. That's right. That's right. I am full marination going on right now. Marinating <laughs> from the inside out using a nice crisp brine of uh, I'm drinking some Stella Artois tonight because I'm getting real fancy with it. I'm going to drink this with my pinky up. Go ahead. Oh, gosh, that is fancy. It is fancy. What are you drinking, by the way? I am doing some uh, Kona Light. Ah, oh, gotcha, gotcha. I'm not going heavy with the IPAs. I'm, you know, I've right. got to kind of, you know, try and tender to the stomach as much as possible because tomorrow we expand. Yeah, tomorrow is is game day. Uh, those that have listened to the show for any period of time have heard me say since we started this thing almost a year ago uh, that Thanksgiving and Fourth of July are my two favorite holidays. This is my Super Bowl. Tomorrow <laughs> is the Super Bowl of my life, um, followed only by Fourth of July. So. Uh, I've really been kind of geared up. I think you'll probably notice that I have a smile in my voice this episode, even more so than normal. I am indeed geeked up for Thanksgiving, man. I love it. It's one of the few days of the year where nothing is asked, nothing is expected of me other than I show up and I eat and uh, I just don't turn into too big of a jerk. Don't talk politics too much and don't talk about conspiracy theories. And if I do that, my day goes along swimmingly. You look quite jovial um, outside of bringing that Trump wine to dinner, dude. We're all good. Listen, I'm, <laughs> I'll bring it, but it's going to be gone uh, three minutes into into uh, into the, <laughs> the actual meal itself. Uh, let's pay some bills real quick, guys. If you, uh, you know, Obviously, it's a little too late now, but uh, if you want to prepare for Christmas, a good way to get a head start on that is go to stayclassymeats.com. Use promo code FIST. Save 10% off your entire order. They will be coming out very shortly uh, with their – uh, what do you want to call it? Their their holiday offerings, um, everything from full rack of lamb to loin roast to everything in between. So if you go and you check out stayclassymeats.com and use promo code FIST, it will absolutely uh, save you 10%. Best stuff on earth, man. I agree. I, I'm, I'm excited for those that want uh, to start sharing what they think about uh, what Stay Classy is offering. 100%. And outside of you know Stay Classy, maybe you're a little bit too late for Thanksgiving. One thing you're not too late is to take advantage of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, all that. I'm sure State Classy is going to have something on their site. Still utilize the code uh, FIST. That's going to get you 10%. But what you can get ahead of for Christmas is making sure you're outfitting everyone in your family in the dopest gear on the planet. 
Go to allegianceclothing.com, type in the code PUNCH, and that is going to get you 15% off site-wide. Guys, it's getting cold. Let's get those windbreakers. Let's get those T-shirts. Let's get those hats. Let's bundle up, dude. Utilize the code PUNCH. Get 15% off site-wide, allegianceclothing.com. I like your hat, by the way. Very America. Very America. And then last but not least, all the odds that we're using tonight are available on Bet Online. Go to Bet Online. Use promo code Armchair. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Football's going on right now. Uh, some of you guys who follow our Instagram saw that I lost money on the Falcons for probably the fifth week in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a rehab, uh, evidently, for people that bet on the Falcons continually. And I think I'm going to check myself in. Uh, but all the odds that we're going to provide tonight are brought to you by Bet Online. Go to Bet Online. Use code Armchair, and uh, you can take advantage of a ton of great. Uh, a ton, legitimately a ton of great sign-up bonuses, and they're having special prop plays and free plays for Thanksgiving games as well. So be sure to check those out. All right, my man. Let's talk about some things real quick, okay? Yeah. Uh, what card was last week? That was the Davison Figueredo Alex Perez card. Admittedly, uh, if you look at it from a money line perspective, not our strongest showing. Um what was weird is we had a spell yeah, a couple months back where we were murdering prelims and struggling on main cards. And then we had a nice little groove where we were just doing great through it all. Mm-hmm. And now we have flipped this and we're doing really bad in the prelims and killing main cards. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I am I continue to be frustrated by our parlays. Uh, it, we're so close. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, I hate to say do, right? Because like, nothing's due, nothing's owed. Uh, golly, man, we're so close. It's got to hit. I think I'm, I'm, I'm confident in our offerings this week, man. This is a card um, where I feel very confident in the things that I'm confident in. Uh, so, you know, very rarely do I, do I come across with high confidence plays. I'm feeling pretty confident this week. I, it's kind of funny you say that after you talk about religiously betting on the Falcons. We haven't hit the parlay. It looks bleak out there if mm. you're listening to this for the first time. But I am going to say we are, like you said, a pubic's hair close mm. to hitting one of these. And why not jump on the bus, guys? It's going to happen. It's going to pay well. Um, but, yeah, this card, same thing, dude. I like where we're heading with the, uh, with the main card, the prelims. A little bit craziness, but a lot of value. But here's the thing is that I said last week that we were a pubic hair too close and you still did the manscaped read. And what happened? Dude, you doubled down on that. So don't even act like this was hundred percent of me. You even actually read, I believe the, the code, which is punch or no, it is armchair. And it's going to get you 20% off and free shipping. I didn't re- see now that you just turned it into an ad read again. I was going to say, let's not do it this week. All right. Well, just to, to, real quick, because those that are first time listeners are probably going to think that we've never won a bet in history. Our year to date record is 195 wins, 91 losses. So we're sitting right just shy of the 69 percent for the year. Um, <laughs> those of you that are listening to the audio version of the show, we realize it's a Thanksgiving kind of week. We're not anticipating a ton of new listeners. But if you it is your first time listening on the show, we do have a YouTube uh live broadcast that we recently started in the last few weeks encourage you to check us out there uh if you're doing that um not that you know trey and i are frat boys or anything like that but we do you know enjoy a libation from time to time we do enjoy beer so we've decided to in an effort you know to sort of church up the live stream we're gonna start doing drinking games exactly so this week's uh words are turkey Mm. takedown Mm. submission okay there was another one. What was the other one? I missed it. Uh, it was me butchering any of the fighters. You names. butchering any of and Instagram. 
and Instagram was the other one. So uh, Instagram takedown, Turkey submission, and anytime you say a fighter's name wrong, you gotta fit, you gotta drink the beer. And then at the end of the show, we're just gonna finish whatever we got. Uh, so if you, it, there is no remnants, there are no survivors at the end of the show. Uh, anything that is left will be consumed at that point in time. So if you do follow along on the YouTube broadcast, uh, make sure you get a cold beverage in hand. If you don't drink, that's fine too. Appreciate you and your sobriety. But Trey, now is not the time for that. Let's keep things moving right along. You want to do this the the traditional way this time? Am I, is, is that correct? Let's go traditional. We've been crushing the main card, and why not start with what we're crushing? Gotcha. Full disclosure, producer Jake is taking the night off. Um, so, you know, one, we're going to announce something involving him, even though he's not here, which we hope yeah. everybody's yeah. really going to – it's probably better that he's not here. And then two, uh, as far as the visual component of the show, things are going to be running a slight bit slower because we don't have – Producer Jake Manning, the helm, and Trey and I admittedly are kind of old men when it comes to this kind of thing. So, what is TikTok? I have no idea what a TikTok is. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> first fight <laughs> on the main card Bill Algio taking on Spike Carlisle. Spike Carlisle from your neck of the wood, minus 180, Bill Algio plus 150 over under on rounds is at two and a half here, Trey. Uh, I know you're feeling a certain type of way about your boy Spike, the alpha ginger himself. He's looked good whenever we've seen him. He just doesn't seem to put together complete fights. And Bill Algio shocked the world a while back and, uh, you know, really put the world on notice as far as skill set goes. Over on our rounds here is two and a half. I don't necessarily know that Spike Carlisle's got the gas tank for a two and a half. I mean, we've seen him go three rounds before, but damn it, he's never looked good in doing it. So what do you think, man? It's funny. So I've actually had the opportunity to train jiu-jitsu with Spike. He used to come to uh, Del Mar Jiu-Jitsu Club. We'd get some rolls in. He was a psychopath then. He's a psychopath now. This guy is a bull in a china shop. He's got one speed and one speed only. Gear six, he just goes. We saw in the Billy Q fight, this guy runs across the cage, freaking throwing haymakers. Looks really strong, but then you know, right when it gets about the beginning of the second round, gas is uncontrollably, doesn't have really good takedown defense, can be held. Um, super vulnerable to different punches. Um, I, Bill Algio, we bet against him in the last fight. Um, he, you know, is he going to tire out? I mean, he did look good. He went the distance with Ricardo Lamas. Um, yep. that's a great vet. That's someone who's got a lot more tricks in the bag than Spike Carlisle. These fights though, when in a closer cage, like we've seen, I'm really leaning towards Spike again. I think, you know, while this has been the notorious thing for him of a bad gas tank, he has to learn. And I think he possesses so much power. I'm going to go with him in a smaller cage and think that the aggression is going to take over. So you're going Spike Carlisle. Going Spike Carlisle. Well, at minus 182, I think Vegas is seeing what I'm seeing. Interesting. I, th I, th I thought we were going to go Algeo on this, um, mostly because Algeo's losses have all come to UFC caliber competition. So mm -hmm. a loss to Shane Burgos, a loss to Jared Gordon, a loss to Brendan LaFayne, and a loss to Ricardo Lamas. I mean, those are high-level guys. Jared Jared Gordon, Shane Burgos, and freaking Ricardo Lamas are high, like really high-level guys. Bill Algio, in my opinion, gave Ricardo Lamas a run for his money. Now, obviously, Ricardo did what he does, and he was the bully, and he got the win and then rode off in the sunset. But I think that the quality of competition um, you know, that you could learn from stands out for bill algio i mean i i respect your 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 spike carlisle play here mm -hmm. uh maybe you know more than i do but i was really impressed if you can be impressed in a loss i was impressed with bill algio and then who he who he's fought and lost to i i think he's a live dog at plus 150 man i really do I, it might be a chance to make some money 
No, I mean, I, I respect your opinion as well. I think uh, Bill Algio is definitely a, good, a live dog here, but that smaller cage, we've, we've seen predominantly a lot more knockouts. We've seen a lot more submissions. I'm going to drink because I said the S word. We've seen a lot more finishes in the smaller cage in the apex. So I think when you hand with the aggressor, you move in a little bit closer, clinch. I Spark Kyle possesses power, and that's going to be a big task for Bill Algio. So I think maybe if the play then is if you're going Spike Carlisle, maybe take the under two and a half then because you're not you're not seeing Carlisle win over three rounds. No, absolutely not. He is not going the distance in any of his fights. Okay, so we'll come back. Let's let's put a let's let's put a pin in that play for that because I'm not you know I I understand what you're saying and I agree with the Spike Carlisle and the under two and a half, but I don't necessarily know if I want to go ahead and be like. Mm, that's the one spark spike Carlisle under two and a half. I agree. I want to see what him. Let's see what him and Algio look like at weigh-ins. Let's see what the, what the, what, what the face off, what the size differential is. Cause your boy spike is thick. He's thick. And we see him come in like with one of those Paul Felder triathlon bodies. Ooh, man, I'm going to like that even more, a little slender, a little bit more in the gas tank that could really fare well for spike, but let's see what that body type looks like. Okay. Awesome. All right, moving right along. Miguel Baeza taking on Takashi Sato. Sato at 16-3 Baeza, undefeated at 9-0, and and he is the rightful favorite here. Minus 150, Sato at plus 120. Overrunner on rounds here, Trey's at one and a half. Um, look, man, your, your boy Caramel Thunder, uh, he got a little sloppy in the Matt Brown fight, which put me on edge, um, had, me, had me feeling a certain type of way about things. But, you know, I'm really starting to think that perhaps – uh, he might be a guy to look out for, but he's got a stiff test in front of, in front of him in Takashi Sato. There is no there is no room or margin for error fighting a guy like Sato over on rounds at one and a half. I think Vegas would indicate that this is a dangerous fight. There is a there could be a finish coming. My personal opinion, I think the jujitsu of Miguel Baeza is going to be the difference maker here. I would be looking at Baeza if you're not looking at him outright at minus one fifty. I'd be looking for him by submission. I like that. Um, Miguel Baez is one of those guys, though, that he doesn't ever show his jiu-jitsu, even though he's a BJJ black belt and he possesses such good technique and he's so slick and so fast. He just never shows it. He likes to trade. And I think that's going to be a big issue with someone like Takashi Sato, who's extremely polished. We saw him in the, uh, uh, what was it, the Saunders, Ben Saunders fight? Yeah. Um, we just absolutely murdered him. I think if it stays on the feet, I think, from a technique perspective, Sato, that's where he wants it to be. That's where he feels comfortable. But hopefully people go back to the ABCs, and this is going to be a redundant statement throughout this whole show. But Miguel Baez, if he sees that vulnerability, that void, takes his thing to the ground 100%, he should destroy Sato on the ground. Yeah. So I don't know if you're getting any feedback on your end, but I am getting a little bit of robot from you from time to time. Now, that being said, I'm on my Wi-Fi. I'm not hardwired in. So if you're not getting it from me, maybe it's on you. And I just want to remember we did this thing a couple weeks ago where we had an issue where I turned into a robot and I was ready to murder somebody. Yeah. Uh, I just want to make sure that we're good to go. So if it's uh, if you guys in chat land can ch chime in for a split second and let us know what things look like on your end, uh, I, I may just, you know, uh, go off camera here for a minute and hardwire in my my desktop here. So but uh, anyway. What do we, so initially we're thinking Baeza here minus 150, correct? Yeah, I will say the the over one and a half looks a little tasty to me. I think mm -hmm. that it's going to take a minute for Baez to actually get this to the ground. 
but I do think money line Miguel Baez, he should get this done. And if you want to find a prop out there for submission, buy submission. Gosh, if I say submission one more time, this beer is going to be done after two fights into the card. Well, you might. You, so what I did was I have a I have a standby because I'm 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 ready oh, for you here already. Boy, so okay, okay, excellent. All right, next fight. Not really sure why this one's on the main card, but it's there all the same. Josh Parisian at thirteen and three taking on Parker Porter at ten and six. Parisian minus two hundred. Parker Porter at plus one sixty. Over under on rounds is at one and a half. Uh, fun fact: Parker Porter is the second thickest fighter on this mm. card. Second mm-hmm. thickest fight, my boy, custom shorts thick, um, not buying jeans off the rack thick. Mm-hmm. My man is country thick. He is gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, he, th- this dude is round. He's the round mound to rebound in the MMA circuit. Mm-hmm. This dude is wild. Um, he is Thanksgiving. He is Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, my, my man is just um, Roy Nelson a, on. He's not he's not even really Roy Nelson. This dude's shaped like a like a 50-gallon raindrum. I don't even understand how people get dimensions like this. Um, you know, the unchokable Parker Porter. Uh he just has no neck. It sits on his shoulders. Uh, but my man is a plus one sixty underdog against Josh Parisian. Parisian, like I said, at the minus two hundred spot. Heavyweights, you don't really know what to expect here outside of you know, somebody's gonna be slinging. Uh, Parker Porter is not afraid of conflict. Josh Parisian is is going to have the advantage just about everywhere, uh, in my opinion. He's going to be the taller fighter. He's going to be the faster fighter. Um, you know, he he really is going to be. Uh, it, it's honestly, it's his fight to lose. I, you know, I hate to sound so, you know, cliche about it, but you know, he got that great win on the Contender Series, and this Parker Porter fight just seems like a. Just like a gimme, it's just a layup. It's an alley oop for him to go out there and just piece up Parker Porter, man. I, I see him take down and just ground and pound, uh, get that little that, that that TKO stoppage. I mean, I like under one and a half. I like Josh Parisian. Yeah, I think you said it. People really hyped on him after the Dana White Contender Series, which is you know dawned right behind you. Um, they were hyped on him because he has spinning back fist. KO and it's like God, get this guy a contract. The funny thing is, he didn't get a contract. Dana White was just kind of like, eh, dude, not my style. Maybe it's just because his body type, whatever it is, didn't think he was UFC caliber. So doesn't get a contract. Ends up going on the Ultimate Fighter and then gets knocked out. And then I think he lost after that. And then finally, he's getting a shot back, and he's he's gone on a little bit of a run, but. He he does possess some technical striking. He does have a lot more uh, stuff in his arsenal. When you look at Parker Porter, this guy is a guy that's going to plod forward. He's got heavy hands, typical heavyweight. I think someone's a little bit more dynamic, has what you would consider, quote-unquote, footwork in the heavyweight division is something that's always really enticing. To your point, Josh Parisian, this is a fight for him to lose. I think actually at minus 200 right now, that's a super fair line. I expect that to get a little bit wider. Um, one and a half, typically set again for heavyweights. We talking about the same dude? Yeah, dude. When did Parisian? When was Parisian on Ultimate Fighter? What was, dude, was, when was the last season of the Ultimate dude, Fighter? He was on. He was on Tough Twenty Eight. Was he really? Yep. Yeah, and then uh, he lost to uh, Michelle Batista. 
I can't even keep track of these cats, man. That see, that was yeah. this is why I like Contender Series so much better than the Ultimate Fighter because the Ultimate Fighter would have all that like it was like thirty people you needed to try to remember. You know what yeah. I mean? Where like Contender Series comes out, there's four, there's five fights. I only need to pay attention to the winners. Very rarely do I need to pay attention to the losers. It's it's a way easier format for me to keep track of. So this dude fought on Tough Twenty Eight. I don't even know there was that many seasons of that show, bro. Dude, you gotta you gotta make a name for yourself. Who's that guy that's in bare knuckle? It's like I just want to bang. Bro, I oh, just Julian, that's Julian Lane, isn't it? Yeah, dude. Let he me did. bang, bro. He made a name, let, dude. He made a me, name. Let me bang, bro. I will let you bang. <laughs> I will let you bang, bro. I'm gonna that's let you bang. I love it. You're right. That was the that was that guy was good. And he got with a head tattoo, man. It's really hard to, you know, if you, if you can commit. I'm a heavily tattooed person, and if you can commit to a tattoo above the shirt line, mm. bro. I mean, that's that's mm. hats off to you, man. That's a that's a different level of commitment. Uh, your boy Cody Garbrandt, I just saw sporting a new uh, sideburn tattoo, like oh, post really? Malone. Oh yeah, he's got some sort of horse shit right down the uh, right down the side of his face there. Everyone's uh, going crazy in COVID, dude. Kevin Lee's got the chandelier on the head now. It's getting it's getting yeah. aggressive. Kevin Lee's got some. I don't, I'm not gonna. I, I don't want to like. It looks like I'm sponsored by Stella. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to like. I'm not trying to poke fun at people with mental illness or anything like that. But Kevin Lee's a guy that. He's on my radar. People to watch out for after fighting or during fighting. He's got a weird vibe to him, man. I don't necessarily know that I trust trust that dude to have his best interest at heart. And he, any guy that moves around a lot and doesn't have like a strong circle around him that runs that like a Malone Wolf style, like guys like Kevin Lee, guys like Mike Perry, mm-hmm. you know that 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 whole like even like Diego Sanchez and cats is just like one other person that they attach and affix themselves to really heavily that shit makes me nervous man so kevin lee is on my watch out don't trust him with anything that you value list kevin lee mike perry oh yeah um let's put uh diego sanchez dude you could make a case that these guys just need to all come together school of self-awareness it's the only way to bring them down to earth dude joshua fabia oh god yeah you know, you know what i want like. to see have you ever watched top gear no you don't watch top gear uh-uh Oh man! All right, uh, I'm trying to think of something. I don't know. Well, you've seen. I mean, obviously, you you, you and I are both big Anthony Bourdain fans, so you've yeah. you've watched Bourdain shows. I would love to see a show where it's Kevin Lee, Diego Sanchez, and Mike Perry, like traveling around the world, going to different cultures and shit like that. That like that to me would be. And everybody's all hyped up on Dana White and Matt Sarah doing stuff, dude. I would love to see those three cats, even two of them doing anything <laughs> like in a foreign country. I, I would love that. Oh, I know. I'd absolutely <laughs> love it. I, I want to watch. There should be like a. Uh, there should be like twenty four hour surveillance on Diego Sanchez. I can't even imagine what that dude's life is like on a day to day basis. <laughs> it's it's got to be just pure entertainment. Just pure 100%. entertainment. Yeah. All right. Co-main event of the evening: Devin Clark taking on Anthony Lionheart Smith. Anthony Smith at thirty three and sixteen. Devin Clark at twelve and four. Anthony Smith is getting favorite love again, dude. Here minus one forty five. Devin Clark plus one fifteen. Over under on two is at two and a half. Uh, I'm underdog in this, dude. I don't like Anthony Smith in this fight. I, I refuse to bet on Anthony Smith until I see him win something again. I refuse. I just I won't do it. He continues to get beat. He's coming back too quickly from getting. St- just stomped over and over and over again. I mean, the Rockage fight, he got beat up real bad. The Glover to Sheriff fight, he got beat up real bad. He's coming back too fast. And, you know, much has been made about, you know, the fall from grace, if you will. He's not making any adjustments. He's not doing anything different. 
every fight that he loses, he's losing the same way. He's not growing. He's not evolving. He's not getting any better. Mm-hmm. It's, you, you know, you put a puzzle together once and the, the first time you put it together, it's the most challenging. Yeah. But then the second time it's way easier. And by the third time you're ready to, you know, give it to the Goodwill store or give it to a neighbor because it's too easy to put together. Anthony Smith is a puzzle that is no longer hard to solve. All you have to do is hurt him, start fast and just stay. Don't let him work when he's on his back. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. Devin Clark came out and he showed great poise and great discipline in his last fight against Alonzo Menafield, against a power puncher with a great gas tank. He showed everything that he needed to do to have me believing that he has all the tools to beat Anthony Smith. All he's going to do is hurt Anthony Smith. That's it. If he doesn't gas himself out and he doesn't get caught in something stupid when he has Anthony Smith on the ground, he's going to win this fight. Minus, or plus 115, I'm taking I love that underdog play. I think Anthony Smith is overvalued at minus 145. He should. This should be a pick em. This should be a pick'em is what it should be. And maybe I, I, I'm willing to bet as it gets closer to fight time, it'll be closer to a pick'em. Devin Clark with that weird bear with antlers and shit hanging off of it tattoo is getting that W. He's a brown bear, dude. He's the brown bear. I understand he's a brown bear, but that thing on his chest is not a bear. What is that? I have no idea. That's the most confusing tattoo in all of MMA. <laughs> Go ahead and talk. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to put it on the stream. Go ahead. Keep talking. Okay. Well, I think this is a little bit of a curse of the John Jones. We saw us with Dominic Reyes. I think when you get to that pinnacle of the, you know, the light heavyweight division, you get a fight who is, you know, seemingly the GOAT. Um, to a certain point when you lose and you lose in that type of fashion, you start to really think, who am I? What type of fighter am I? What do I need to reconfigure? And I think a lot of people look at that and they overanalyze uh, the tricks they have in their bag. And that could be a huge issue. You need to go back to foundations. You need to know what got you there. Now, when you look at this fight, Anthony Smith and Devin Clark, Anthony Smith's going to come in the taller guy. He's going to come in the longer, more uh, like reach guy. He needs to elongate. He needs to create distance. He needs to pick his strikes. He cannot do what Devin Clark wants to do. Devin Clark wants to make this clinch heavy. He wants to get, get in close. He wants to wrestle the shit out of Anthony Smith. Now, a lot of people are like, well, Trey, dude, Anthony Smith's really good off his back. He's got good jiu-jitsu. We saw what he was like on his back against Glover. Glover. He wasn't good. He ended up turtling, getting his teeth fucking knocked out. He just doesn't look like who he is. Um, He's not dynamic. He's not quick. God, that is the most atrocious tattoo ever. It actually looks like a wet dog that is like has got handlebars just hanging off it. I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know what it either. is. Um, well, outside of his tattoo being atrocious, I think the skills that he has in this fight are going to usurp everything that Anthony Smith has. I think that Anthony Smith is way too generously priced, as you pointed out. Um, I do like two and a half because we have seen Anthony Smith Smith be durable to the point where he's putting his, you know, he will die on his shield. He will not tap. He will not get knocked out. He'll just take as much damage and you know, his team's not going to throw in the towel. So I like two and a half. I actually like the over in that. Uh, but Devin Clark has the tools to get this done and we're going to see Anthony Smith drop three in a row. Yeah. Here's the thing is normally I would, the two things I preach, right. are strength of schedule, octagon experience. And a guy like Anthony Smith that has almost, you know, almost 50 career fights, um, I would use over 50, I believe, career fights. I would usually tend to lean on the side of experience here. Um, you, you learn a lot in 50 career fights, right? That, that's a big thing. But 
my concern with Anthony Smith is that he continues to lose and losing, you know, obviously it's a performance thing, but it's also a state of mind thing. And I don't see Anthony Smith making the adjustments to bring himself into back being a winner. He's not, he's not doing it. He's so, you know, he, he didn't change camp. He's not doing anything, you know, diet wise. He's not, you know, it, there's literally nothing indicating that he has gotten fed up with losing and he's going to come out like a house on fire and try to right the wrongs. You know, you got a co-main event slot here against a guy like Devin Clark who's hungry for more, plus 115. My man Devin Clark is going to come out ready to bang, and we're going to find out whether or not the moment's too big for him. I don't think it will be, but we're going to find out real quick um, which one of these guys is going to continue moving forward and which one's going to fall off. Uh, my money as of right now is on Devin Clark moving up and Anthony Smith moving into gatekeeper status. Um, I mean, the fact that you're fighting Devin Clark sort of already should let you know that you're on uh, in, in the bus uh, to be a gatekeeper. But, you know, you never know. Some people are delusional. Guys like Chris Weidman think they're one fight away from a title shot at any given moment. So <laughs> main event of the evening, Curtis Blades taking on Derek Lewis. Curtis Blades at 14 and two. Derek Lewis at 24 and seven. Derek Lewis plus 305, Curtis Blades, minus 380, over under on rounds at one and a half here. I don't think there's I don't think there's many people out there that think Derek Lewis is going to win this fight outside of maybe Derek Lewis and his team. And even then, I wonder whether or not they think that he's going to win this fight. Derek Lewis has been putting in the road work. It's probably the leanest I think I've seen him look. Um, you know, he does put things up on Instagram from time to time. So uh, when he is putting stuff on Instagram, it is him doing road work. He says his back feels better. He says his legs feel better. His knees feel better. Um, the more weight you lose when you're a big dude like that, the better you feel. The better you feel, the better you fight in theory. But a guy like Curtis Blades gives no craps about that whatsoever. Um, and he's going to come in fight shape ready. He's mad. He, you know, The heavyweight division is wide open right now. The sun is setting on Stipe. John Jones is trying to come in and steal everything that guys like Francis Ngannou and Curtis Blades have been, looking for, been working for for the last few years. The heavyweight division is just – it's not quite stagnant, but damn it, it's as close as you can get to stagnant as can be. And a guy like Curtis Blades, if he beats Derek Lewis, has literally beaten everybody else on the roster – other than the current champ and Francis Ngannou. So you got to you, you beat Derek Lewis, you got to stand there like Russell Crowe and Gladiator and go, "Are you not entertained?" And then you're standing there like Brad Pitt and Troy and going, "Is there no one else? Is there no one else?" And I think he gets it done on Saturday night against Derek Lewis. I really think he does. Well, I don't think he could literally be Russell Crowe and say, "Are you entertained?" because that's what his biggest issue, especially with Dana White is, he's not entertaining people. He's very boring. Um, and I think, uh, you know, we saw that in his last fight. I think the issue is with Derek Lewis, he has the biggest billboard of a sign that says, I fucking suck on the ground. You know, call him the best blue belt in Texas, whatever you want to call bullshit. Curtis Blades, who can wrestle heavy the fuck out of Derek Lewis, that's exactly what he's going to do, is not going to bode well for Derek Lewis. I want to go back and look at the Derek Lewis Ayer Latifi fight. That fight, outside of being the most boring fight on the planet, showed that even without Ayer Latifi getting him down, someone that has you know that that judo strength, that Greco-Roman wrestling up against the cage, clinching you, he can't even break the grips on that. So why do you think that he's going to negate going to the ground? He's going to break any type of clinch-heavy grips against the cage. It's not going to happen. And what we saw in Curtis Blades in his last fight is he has the ability to hold you hold you heavy and not let you go. So I think this fight where I hope it comes out in fireworks and I hope Derek Lewis says, gosh, I need to get this done. I need to get this done quick. 
Vegas has set the line at one and a half. I think that's based on the fact that Lewis knows he has one shot to uh, a win here, and that is throwing his heavy hands and landing flush. And he has the ability in his fist to knock out anyone in the division. That's the only chance. But I think Curtis Blades is going to treat this smart. It's not what Dana White's going to want, but he's going to do exactly what he needs to do to get the win and move on. So much of it is market marketability too, because we've seen wrestlers be successful. You also owe me like three drinks for saying, "Oh, look, you're Latifi wrong a bunch." What? Saying, I yeah, hear Latifi. No. Say it again. I hear Latifi. No. no. You're no, dude. I, I that one. I actually I sound like I'm from his country. No. How do you say it then? It's a Alir. Alir with an L. No, dude. The L is silent. So what, it's just double I-E-R? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> beggars can also be thirsty. <laughs> you <owe me. laughs> I'm going to down this whole thing yeah, right now. Yeah, Go on. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, I think if you look at a guy like Derek Lewis, I think he needs to start the fight uh, like he did against Alexi Olenek. Wow. And he's got to come out. He's got to be aggressive. If you look at that Alexi Olenek fight, he comes out and he throws a jumping switch kick to start it um, just to try to get that respect. And that's definitely something that I think that he needs to do. He needs to try to get Curtis Blades to respect. And we have seen Curtis Blades, despite having a gigantic head of a human being, we've seen him get rocked before. I mean, we've obviously seen him finished. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen that in the Nganu fights. But the thing is, with a guy like Derek Lewis, is that Derek Lewis, like you said, he he's only got he only has to land one shot. He has to take a Justin Gaethje-style approach. Remember going into the Khabib fight, Justin Gaethje said, I have this, this brief window. Right where I have to create violence, I have to create a car crash every time we get close to each other in order to get him off of me. Now, what we saw with Gaethje is that he wanted no business in that car crash, and he was moving wildly side to side to get away from Khabib in that fight. Mm -hmm. um, Apex cage, smaller. These guys aren't going to have that option, right? They're going to be right on top of each other. Derek Lewis is going to have that option. What he is going to do, and where he's going to have to be his most dangerous, is on the entries for Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades cannot be lazy, mm -hmm. thinking that he is um, that he's untouchable when it comes to wrestling. Because if he gets sloppy and shoots from too far out, or he doesn't set up his takedowns with his strikes. Derek Lewis does have the capability. We've seen it. He throws great knees, uh, and we have seen him throw very athletic kicks. Um, he can hurt Curtis Blades if Curtis is lazy, and Curtis can cannot afford to be lazy against a guy like Derek Lewis because Derek Lewis is dangerous until the last second of the fight. Um, yeah. So he has got to go ahead and maintain composure, maintain professionalism, do what got him to the big show, and just stay on his P's and Q's, get that W, and get the hell out of there. If he gets too cute, if he gets too fancy, if he fell in love with his hands after knocking out Junior Dos Santos, we're going to have a really big problem on our hands come Saturday night. But as it stands right now, I'm looking at Blades probably being the most locked-up parlay piece on this entire card. Oh, you use the L word, much like that's not a Nair Latifi word. You're still saying it. Bro, I have to I have to tell you something uh, real quick. Um, you know, being that it is Thanksgiving, I uh, have to I have to be honest with you because I care about you. Okay. I lied at the beginning of this podcast, bro. Okay. I'm drinking seltzers, dude. No, you're not. I am, dude. I I and that's why, like, when I just like pretty much shotgun that 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 drink, dude. I've been just, like struggling, but. Yeah, check it out, dude. It's a seltzer. I'm such a fucking fraud. 
I don't know. Why lie about something like that? Because I just didn't want to look like a bitch. You can say that you're drinking a seltzer. That's okay. No, dude, I'm not a I'm not a 14 year old girl, dude. I'm I'm a big boy, dude. I put my big boy pants on this morning, and then I fucking grabbed a seltzer. I understand that, but we all like to treat ourselves every from time to time. You, just, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I just, just I, dude, I know tomorrow I'm gonna get really like like I'm gonna put on some weight, and I was like, you know what? I was just gonna try a little seltzer mm-hmm. thing, dude. Now it sounds girly. When you're talking about being concerned about your weight, then it turns girly. Bro, tomorrow's weigh-in day. What are you talking about? All right, fair enough. All right, let's talk about what we're going to do with producer Jake before we knock out this prelim real quick. Yes. Okay. So here's what we're doing. We often talk about trying to get people on the show. And just to peel back the curtain a little bit on what this looks like, unless we have a pre-existing relationship already established with a fighter or a manager or an agent, it gets to be a little bit difficult to try to get people on the show. Um, And the reason why that is because your traditional means of communication um, don't really exist. We don't have a a phone book of, of... um, you know, of, of phone numbers to get after. Uh, we, we've got some connections, but we don't have too much. And it feels taxing at times uh, because we don't want our relationship with guys and girls that come on the show to seem so transactional, right? Like mm. it, it's a big thing for me. And it's a big thing for you that we actually, you know, uh, develop a relationship and, and it's, it's, it's a fun experience for them to come on the show because it's something that we are passionate about and we want you know we want people to have a good a good time on the show one of the reasons why joe rogan is where he is is because people enjoyed coming on his show it wasn't joe constantly taking 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 and giving nothing back so we try our best within our means to give back as much as we possibly can that being said it becomes difficult right um so when we ask you guys who do you want on the show um admittedly a lot of them are people that we just have no connection to um, we can't, we don't even have like a seven degrees of, uh, of separation, Kevin Bacon style to get to. Right. Um, I wish we did. And we, you know, we try our best, but it, it gets hard. Uh, with that being said, there is a new medium in which we can communicate to people. Um, and particularly the people that you guys constantly ask to see on the show, i.e. female fighters and ring girls are the most commonly requested people for us to get on the show are ring girls and female fighters well you know what our messages get lost in a sea of dick pics and it is just very very hard to break through that fourth wall to get there to bring them in um it was minor miracles that we moved heaven and earth and got laura sanko on and then we got Haley cowan on um it those were no small feats so you should know what, what that took to get them uh in and it was a big deal so that being said, uh, we have a plan to try to accommodate that a little bit more, right, Trey? Dick pics. No, that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to send pics for small dicks. First of all, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, wait, wait, what? What happened? Here? No, what? dude, <laughs> I blacked out. Sorry, these seltzers are atrocious. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you are getting laggy on my end, which would maybe lead me to believe that it might be my internet. Um, if you could go ahead and talk about a little bit about what we're going to do to get Jake, I'm going to run around the back side of the computer and plug in my hardwire. Absolutely. So for those um, that we're just talking about with Jake, I, Dale and I sat down and we thought there's only a couple lines of communications that we can do outside of sending DMs and trying to be nice guys and trying to get you know people on. There has been a medium that we have not been a part of. No, it is not TikTok. No, it is not any other social media uh, channel that we can utilize. It is only fans. And uh, Dale and myself are both uh, married men with uh, with children. Um, 
I cannot go on OnlyFans. I cannot really go on a lot of different things because uh, the aura of what that could mean is far beyond what it actually means for business. So what we're going to do is send Jake in as a bit of a sacrificial lamb, so to speak, into OnlyFans. Dale, how is he going to go on this journey of OnlyFans to obtain these ring card girls, fleece Herrig's feet, whatever we need? How are we going to get these people? Yeah. So as you've seen lately, most uh, most female fighters and most ring girls are offering OnlyFans accounts. And they're saying things in their pictures like, it's the only place where I'll answer all my DMs, right? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to give Jake a monthly stipend and allow him to pursue who he needs to pursue so that they'll actually directly answer the DMs. Uh, in the process, uh, we will be providing that content, those interactions that he has with these individuals. Uh, we're going to be promoting it on our Instagram. So if you want to see Jake uh, commenting on pictures on OnlyFans and sending these uh, you know, th these women and these fighters uh, messages and stuff like that, we will be sharing those screen caps uh, and everything that we can on our Instagram uh, as we document in, in hopes that this he can utilize this monthly stipend correctly uh, and get somebody on the show that we otherwise normally would not be able to get. Now, my only question and my only concern of this whole thing yeah. is will Jake, producer Jake, become too obsessed with OnlyFans and make us look creepy. Maybe, but here's the thing is we're going to lay down some we're going to lay down some guidelines for him. He's not allowed to be sexual in any way. He can't be obtuse. He has to keep it professional, right? So the way that we're going to get How do you around, do that on OnlyFans, dude? What do I do with my hands? That's, that's exactly what he's going to do. So we're going to try to get him as he is. He is extremely awkward. It's going to be great <laughs> content. I'm really excited to share with you guys what he's going to do, what he's going to bring to the table. But know uh, that we're going to be highlighting that segment each and every week uh, on our Instagram, as well as bringing it into, uh, you know, hopefully transitioning to interviews on the show. We're going to call the segment only a fan. With producer Jake, and we'll have him come on and give us a recap of his weekly trials and tribulations as he tries to get the Ariani Celeste and the Brittany Palmers of the world to agree to come on to our show. Ah, uh, dude, I, I imagine him like you know throwing in a DM. Brittany Palmer's really into art. Maybe he like draws like you know a, a full on Bush shirtless and just kind of sends it over to Brittany Palmer and say, "I drew this Bush for you." Yeah, I'd like to have you on the greatest MMA podcast there is in Punchless MMA. You know, we'll, we'll get him creative. Like I said, we'll, we'll have to get creative. We'll have to get him to step out outside of his comfort zone. And hopefully he does. So, I mean, we're giving him like, we're giving him about four months to get it knocked out. So <laughs> if we don't have anything by like first, first quarter 2021, we're going to go ahead and cut that stipend. But as it stands right now, uh, producer Jake's got a, got, got a little, a checkbook that he can go. Uh, so we're, we're going to write it off on taxes next year. Um, but we, we, be the only person that writes off OnlyFans. Yeah, <laughs> just, that'll be the worst when I'm doing yeah, tax with my wife, and then they're like, "Oh no, 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 uh, tax man, dude, this is this is a business expense." OnlyFans. I know it sounds crazy, but no, it is a business expense. It's a business expense. This is a business <laughs> expense for sure. All right, so uh, keep the, the first trials of Only a Fan with producer Jake will be starting next week. Um, I, I sort of clued him in as to what we were doing, but he was not able to join us tonight. So I'm sure when he listens to the episode um, this weekend, he'll be more than pleased than sending me tons of text messages about um, how ridiculously uncomfortable this is going to make him. So that's the plan. Only a fan with producer Jake starting next week. All right. Prelim card, Trey. Let's get after it, man. Um, 
Kai Kamaka the third taking on Jonathan Pierce. Kamaka is at eight and two. Jonathan Pierce is at nine and four. Um, here's where we are, man. Yeah, this is this is where we need to tighten down right? or tighten up, right? And we need to batten down the hatches, if you will. What are the odds on this fight? Put to get the uh, that one. I did not load. Oh no, I did. There we go. Boom, dude. All right, Jonathan Pierce is at plus 240. Kai Kamaka is at minus 300. Over, under on rounds here, Trey, is at two and a half. Minus 300s have been making me nervous lately, especially in the apex. I know we just went big. I just called Curtis Blades a potential lock of the night. Um, do we do we say that Kai Kamaka can put that in there? I know you like your Hawaiian guys, but uh, admittedly, dude, you guys have not looked great lately. Um, I know, I know, it's a big thing for you, but uh, it's not my most favorite play at a minus three hundred. A guy to, like a guy like Jonathan Pierce, who's going to come out, who isn't afraid to get bloody, uh, you know, the blood and guts. My only thing with Jonathan Pierce is he coming off a round one loss to Joe Lozon. Uh, you know, yeah. way, way back, man, in 2019. So he hasn't fought in a long time. And when he did fight, he got knocked out by the perennial pillow-fisted Joe Lozon. Um, not my favorite play here, uh, but Kai Kamaka, minus 300. Good chance you're going to see him in a lot of parlays come Saturday night. Uh, dude, I don't like that minus 300. That is stupid. Um, but I will say, my Hawaii boys, just like your Atlanta Falcons, dude, they're due for a win. Let's go back to brother is somewhere over the rainbow. There's some profitability and there's some wins in this guy here. Kai Kamaka, the great thing about him, dude, he's not a lone wolf, dude. His entire family is freaking MMA vets in the regional scene. His brother Bryce Bryson or something like that, um, he fought Max Holloway on the, on the scene, dude. He, he, They know what's up. They know what's available. They know – They've actually had good fights. Kai Kamaka, he's coming off a win on Tony Kelly, and we both bet on Tony Kelly to win his last fight. Tony Kelly's a killer. I think that Kai Kamaka can get this done. He's a he's great stand-up. You know Hawaii boys. They bite down on that mouthpiece, and they fucking move forward. Gosh, I immediately want to fade this bet now. that you're. I mean, anytime you say the word Hawaii boys to me, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm fading it. Oh, dude, Kai Kamaka is going to get this thing done. Hawaii boys will rain again. Let's wave the flag. Let's 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 have some freaking spam and rice and enjoy this victory. All right, Nate Maness at twelve and one taking on Luke Sanders at thirteen and three. Sanders minus one forty five. Maness at plus one fifteen. Over on rounds two and a half. Potential fight of the night right here, guys. I'm putting the stamp on it. Potential fight of the night. These guys are going to come through with ill intent. Scrambles will be crazy if there are scrambles. Exchanges on the feet will be will just be absolute bloodlust. Luke Sanders, Nate Maness, potential for fight of the night. I'm going to go with Luke Sanders. May oh, should I just say that loud? Maybe it immediately made me think maybe I should go Nate Maness. I'm torn on this fight, dude. Sway me here because I, this is this is this is a this is women's MMA. This is a, to me this is a coin flip. I have no idea who to take here. I think. Saunders' record doesn't really tell the caliber to which he's fought at all, right? I mean, he 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 beat the shit out of Henan Burrell, but you could say, well, is that Henan Burrell like you know pre-post USADA type shit? Henan Burrell to me was the scariest dude in the division for so so long. I think this fight is actually at a catch weight, um, so I think him being a little bit heavier is going to weigh in a little bit better. Luke Sanders is devastating on the feet. Not the greatest on the ground, and we saw him against Hennen. I mean, uh, uh, Hani Yaya. Um, 
get heel hooked right away. I think it was like in the first or second round. Um, but again, that's Hani Yaya. That's like all he does, BGJ expert in that. Um, if he keeps it on the feet, I think he has the tools to get this thing done. Nate Maness, though, this is a big fight for him. He was supposed to get his launching off thing uh, pretty much, I think it was back in 2018 when Ray Borg went through that whole thing of like canceling every single fucking fight he was going to take. He was one of those fights that he was supposed to take. Didn't get the Ray Borg fight. I think this is kind of like, hey, let's see who is the next step in UFC caliber. Um, but I think Luke Saunders possesses a lot of power and great stand-up. He should get this thing done. I love you, man. You started out, you said Saunders. Then in the middle, you said Sanders. Now you're <laughs> ending the breakdown by saying Saunders yet again. So That's good, dude. Keep people on their feet. I, I know you. I know it'll make you burpy, but you probably owe me two two sips of your seltzer there um, before you have to bust into uh, your box wine. There's so um, many chemicals. <laughs> So you're taking Sanders here? I, I am, dude. I think I still think. Do you think? Okay, I'd love to get your take on Henan Brow. Like, what happened to that guy? You saw it happen. You saw, you it, saw happen. it happen. You, yeah. So a couple different things happened. One, you saw it happen, and two, um, being like that, there's an there's something to the air of invincibility, right? There's something about believing your own hype and buying into the fact that you cannot be beaten, and then when you put forth your best effort. Right. Like we saw with like um, for years. And then, you know, he fought the TJ Dillashaw's of the world. Um, now, Favor. He, yeah. TJ was juiced to the gills. So there, there's that. Mm-hmm. Right. But the thing is, is that Hen and Burrell made everybody look amateurish for a long time and believed he was the best in the world. And then when he was shown that he wasn't, he didn't know how to adjust to it. And then you saw it happen. And then he still couldn't make the adjustments. Now, we, we obviously can call TJ a cheater because he was caught cheating. Um, Hennon Burrell was never caught cheating, so we you know can't necessarily call him a cheater. Um, but there was a marked difference between the pre-USADA Hennon Burrell and the post-USADA Hennon Burrell. Uh, with that being said, though, I really believe it was more of a mental thing with him more than anything else. He lost killer instinct. He lost the belief in himself that he could not be beaten very much an Anthony Smith style situation, um, mm. not making any adjustments training wise, not making any adjustments skill set wise. And then the mentality that you need to be the best in the world. It, you have to be selfish. You have to be a narcissist to be a champion. You have to be. Yeah. If, if, if you've ever won a championship at anything in your life, you had to have gone into that event, whatever it is that you want, whether it was a swim meet or a basketball game or an arm wrestling championship or Table tent, whatever the case may be, if you've ever won a championship, anything, you went into that event going, I will not be beaten. I cannot be beaten. I will win this. You don't go into it going, oh, I hope I don't lose. <laughs> I, I, this, I'm due for one. This is going to be it for me. No, you go in going, I'm going to murder. I'm going to destroy. I want to embarrass this person in front of their family. And as soon as you lose, despite giving your best effort, they can mess with you, especially if you felt like you did everything right. Right? Yeah. Like, Chris Weidman's a great example. Chris Weidman felt like he was doing everything right against Luke Rockhold until he threw that spinning back kick, and then he got knocked out. And then since has won, what, two of seven fights since losing to Luke Rockhold? Because he doesn't believe in himself anymore, and his body continues to fail him because he doesn't have the belief that he's a champion. I know he says he could be, but he doesn't believe in his heart. Otherwise, he could be. Mighty said, that's my boy. That's my, still my boy. That's my boy. <laughs> 
can't stand Chris Weidman. We're never going to have him on the show. Somebody will tell him how much I don't like him. (laughs) Malcolm Gordon taking on Sue Madi. Here's the thing. Here's the thing is that I'm going to mess this guy's name up. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I don't even know where to begin here. I, dude, I know this one. Oh, go for it then. Lead us in. Sumajerji. Yep. Taking on Malcolm Gordon, Suma Jerji at uh, minus 320, Malcolm Gordon at a plus 260, over and under is set at two and a half. Now, speaking of Chris Weidman, great segue here. Chris Weidman, you've always said, well, who coined him? What's what's his nickname? The the great American or all American. The all American. Okay, if he can if he can get the all American, why does Malcolm Gordon get Malcolm X, dude? Who what other Malcolms in in like in the MMA scene. No, but that's like a Jesus coming in and saying, I'm fucking Jesus, dude. You can't you can't just claim something that gnarly. This is a hot take. This is a real hot take. We're talking, we're talking about Jesus and Malcolm X. Go ahead, keep going. No, I'm just saying, no, dude, dude, if you keep if running you, with this. <laughs> keep going, please. I no, get I'm gonna, we're gonna get one stars, dude. I don't want to go down this path. No, no Malcolm just, X. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying if you have a name that is related to a public figure. You can't just fucking claim it, dude. Especially if you're not doing anything in the community. He's a fucking fighter. You can't just say I'm Malcolm X. If G- if Jesus Gonzalez comes in and says, "Dude, I'm I'm Jesus walk on water Gonzalez," dude. It doesn't work like that. You can't just take it. Stay away from politics, stay away from political figures, stay away from Jesus, whatever you want to do, but like Malcolm X, you don't get it, bro. You don't get it. What what if he's referring to himself as like the X Factor? He should have been like Malcolm Gordon Gecko or something like that, dude. Something a little that bit does, more fun, dude. That doesn't strike fear into the hearts of your opponent. Okay. I'm just saying. Gordon Gecko made a shit ton of money. That's pre- that's pretty fearful to some people. Gordon Gecko did make a ton of money. I I, I listen. I, I can understand my man's you know desire to go with Malcolm X Gordon. Okay. Um, you know Malcolm, not the most popular of names, you know, he's not going to call himself Malcolm in the middle, Gordon. Um, he, he, Malcolm X Gordon. I'm okay with that. I, I was going to say, dude, if he, if he walks into the cage wearing glasses and holding a briefcase, dude, I'm going to punch my wall. I don't believe that he's cl- <laughs> Listen, you're, you're, you're putting me, you can't put me on a tee like this because I will get us one stars and canceled. I really don't <laughs> think I, I see no problem with Malcolm going with Malcolm X Gordon. Uh, we've been on this too long. Minus 320, Malcolm Gordon plus 260. Let's just go ahead and take it. Let's go with a chalky play here on your boy, a boy named Sue, uh, and keep it moving. So you're taking Sue? Yeah, I'm going to take a boy named Sue. Oh, see, here's the thing. I was talking shit, but I'm actually taking Malcolm. I say that for a a bunch of reasons. This guy is 5'7 to be a flyweight. You don't see many people that are 5'7, 5'8. I mean, anything in that realm, the high fives, you don't see that at flyweight. Um, Louis Smolka. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I'm just I saying. Think, I think Sue, he has a lot of flashy uh, strikes and spinning back elbows, all that crap. But Malcolm, having that, you know, and this is a big disparity here. A lot of people are always questioning, like, hey, Trey, like, is a guy that's taller and lengthier, like, does that fare well for jiu-jitsu? Sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's hard to lock up triangles. Sometimes it's hard to pull the shin. You know, a lot of times long limbs poses a lot of threats and doesn't make things as slick. 
with Malcolm Gordon, the way he utilizes his jiu-jitsu, he is slick. He's able to utilize that 5-7 frame. And on smaller people, that's really, really tough to deal with. Malcolm Gordon has an opportunity to get this to the ground and utilize his jiu-jitsu. He has a bunch of wins um, by you know jiu-jitsu submissions. I know I'm going to drink for saying submissions. He's got kimuras. He's got arm triangles. He's got well, I mean, straight triangles. He has a lot of stuff on the ground that Sue has nothing of. I think Sue's a lot flashier, absolutely, on the feet. But I think if he gets it to the ground, this is a great opportunity to pick up someone who's at plus 260. Okay. I said I said his name out loud. It made me think. Sue actually fought Louis Smolka before. I think it was his first fight in the UFC. I had to look it up real quick because I thought those two had, had fought before. Oh, that's uh, and, and Smolka beat him. So hmm. you so might be honest. Let's take a plus 260 dog. Let's take a plus 260 dog. I that reach. Although I will say this, a, a nickname with, with Sue, the Tibetan Eagle. Boy, is that a, that's a strong name. That's a strong name. Shit. Strong name, strong, hard to go see. But here's the re- so here's the thing though, right? You hear Tibetan Eagle, and you you get that reaction out of it. Um, that was the hope for Malcolm. That's what he wanted. That was the reaction he wanted regarding his name. All right. All right. Martin Day taking on Anderson Dos Santos. Anderson Dos Santos at twenty eight. Martin. Uh, day is at eight and four. Oh my goodness. I got a little yingling burp. I got to get out here. Um, what are the odds on this one? Can you update that? Yes. Um, there we go. Martin day minus minus one sixty. Uh, Anderson dos Santos plus one thirty. over on run rounds. Here's at two and a half tray. Initially when this fight was announced and I saw it, I was big on dos Santos. I'm kind of surprised that the line is where it is. Um, this is a fight where admittedly I'm leaning towards the experience of Anderson dos Santos. You're got, talking about a guy with almost 30 fights versus Martin day. Who's got 12, um, you know, not afraid of, of, of a bloody fight. My thing with Anderson dos Santos um, you know, coming off decision losses to Andre Yule and Nod Naramani. Um, those were tough fights for him, man. Uh, my big thing with him is he's not incredibly active, fights about once a year, mm-hmm. and that's what concerns me with him in this fight. Martin Day, though, at a minus 160 here, um, you know, he's coming off a loss to a Davy Grant, a loss to Ping Young Lu. Uh, both of these dudes are fighting, you know, to keep their job. And it's very hard to pick fights when guys are fighting for their job. It's very difficult. Um, over under is at two and a half here. You know, both of them have have seen decisions their, their last times out. I'm 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 concerned um, with the idea of taking the over because I, they're fighting for their job. So I don't necessarily love the over, but. I've never seen either one of these guys win inside the octagon. So I don't, I don't, I have no idea where to go here. If you're asking me, this is probably a pass fight. Um, And if I'm going to bet on somebody, uh, if you're asking for just a money line play, I'm probably just going to take the chalk just for the sake of just a lean. Um, Even though I was big on Dos Santos when it was first announced. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I guess maybe with, with, with me feeling like it's a pick, I'm maybe taking the dog just so I can make a little bit more money. But I'm going to be honest. I'm just full disclosure. I'm not betting on this fight. I'm going to stay away from it as well. But I, I will say, and it sounds ridiculous because it's been like this for a lot of the fights tonight, but this smaller cage, like I said at the beginning, has led to more finishes, more submissions. And Anderson Dos Santos, he has submissions to his name. He's got 11 of them. He can pick up a 12. Um, I think with the experience he has, as you alluded to prior, 
uh, the smaller cage, he's going to move in closer and he could try and get this thing to the ground. I know that sounds so redundant. I, I can hear it in my head, but I yeah. think that I'm going to fare with a grappler in a smaller cage. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the plus money. I'm not going, I mean, we're talking fraction, fraction of a unit. This as well as, you know, women's fights is a coin flip. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, Dos Santos. Okay. I'm going to board with that. A full disclosure. I did not intend to make submission one of the uh, God, one of the drink words tonight, knowing how much you were going to say it. I really did not. That was not my intention. All mm. right. Two women's fights to put a bow on this bad boy. Norma Dumont taking on Ashley Evans-Smith. Norma Dumont at 4-1, and one, Ashley Evans-Smith at 6-4. and four. Um, Depending on what your preference is, this is uh, Instagrammer's Christmas. Uh, a Thanksgiving feast of Instagram, or if you will. Ashley Evans Smith minus 145, Norma Dumont plus 115. Uh, I, you know, it was made abundantly clear through the comments and the DMs that we got throughout the week or last Saturday that I am supposed to just shut up and let you pick women's MMA fights from here on out. Um, I'm not necessarily going to shut up and let you pick them outright, but I am going to say that I like Norma Dumont here at plus 115. I will say I do like Norma Dumont and I, um, Ashley Evan Smith, if you look at her, she's, she's actually a thick, she's thick for her division. Um, and she has a giant head. Most of she's about 35. Her head weighs about 35 pounds. <laughs> yeah. So it's always, I in women's fights. I do like to usually go with a heavier set person, but Norma Dumont's actually dropping down from 145. So mm -hmm. she's going to come in the thicker chick. Um, you know, but you know, she's lacking in experience. Um, and she, she looked like shit against, uh, Megan Anderson, but it's Megan Anderson. Megan Anderson should be fighting for a title. Um, actually, is she still fighting for a title? She's going to, they, they just haven't re they haven't reset the date. Um, okay. but yeah. here Megan Anderson doesn't have, doesn't make anybody look good. Um, no. Megan Anderson never looks good. Um, mm -hmm. she's just in con like con she's the consummate really kind of boring, hard to figure out fighter. Um, so, yeah, uh, I'll go ahead. Sorry, finish up. No, I think Ashley Evan Smith. She's been riddled with injuries. When's the last time she fought? I don't even know. It's been a minute. Um, I don't know. Last time I saw her, she was stealing furniture off somebody's porch. <laughs> That's right. Those Nest cameras will get you. Nest cameras will get you, man. Every time. I think Norma Dumont being the heavier fighter and dropping down, she's going to set the pace. And one thing we have seen with Ashley Evan Smith is she's someone that plays to the pace of someone else being out for a minute and playing to a higher pace and a higher weight. I don't think that's going to fare very well for her right now. I'm going to take Norma Dumont. I'm going to wait for weigh-ins and see how much bigger Norma looks in comparison to someone that is bigger in Ashley Evan Smith. But I like the plus money on this. Um, I'm going to go with Norma for this moment, but again, that's subject to change as we get towards closer to the fight. All right. Featured prelim and for justifiable reasons, depending on, again, what your, uh, what, what your preference is. Gina Mazzani, six and four, taken on Rachel Ostovich. And, yes, this is a real record. She is four and five. Mm. Still has a job, though. Plus 100 for Rachel Ostovich, minus 140 for Gina. Over under on rounds here is at two and a half. Um, normally, I give a lot of leeway and grace uh, to women with salty records. Not the case with Rachel Ostovich. Um, you know, if you're four and five facing the fighters that she's fought, it, I'm be honest with you, it speaks volumes to the caliber of fighter you are. Uh, I don't want to say that she's in the UFC solely for the way that she looks, but I'm really concerned with a losing record, how she's in the UFC and how she's a featured prelim 
after being out for as long as she's been out after a, uh, what was it? She failed a USADA piss test as well. So um, hard to see outside of like a Greg Hardy style situation, why she's getting so much love and grace from the UFC here. I just don't see it. That being said, Gina continues to lose me money. I bet on her. I believe every time she fights coming out of glory, MMA, uh, Tim Elliott's fiance, uh, when she looks good, she looks really good. When she looks bad, boy, oh boy, does she look bad. Um, and, you know, she went and got her hair done today. You know how I feel about new hairstyles right before fights. Mm-hmm. That makes me nervous. I don't know, man. Again, I'm deferring to you here. Do you take a, a wrestle-heavy Rachel Ostevich at uh, plus 100 here? What, what, what do you do? Uh, gosh. Um, Rachel Ostevich, you know, you talk about thick triple C oatmeal not a drop of water in that bad boy that's what you got in rachel ostovich here you know we just came off a fight you know talking about you know heavier set chicks and dominating the smaller cage rachel ostovich is for sure going to come in it and uh in it heavier and she is grapple heavy so you want to fare that way the problem is rachel ostovich you go back to her last loss uh back in january of 2019 against Paige van zandt she got fucking subbed by Paige Van Zandt. You don't get subbed by Paige Van Zandt. Give me a freaking break. That is so embarrassing. And granted, you know, you could say, oh, she fell off the back and she kind of like, you know, pretty much knocked herself off and off the back. You fell off the back of someone that's as, you know, big as a coat hanger. Give me a break. Rachel Ostovich has got to grapple heavy, make this ugly, lay and pray, not let Gina get up move around because I do think Gina's going to come in with a better footwork. I think she's going to come in definitely with a better cardio, but is the stronger person going to prevail? Uh, dude, I want to go with Rachel on this fight. She's due for a win. And I think that she has taken time given with her, you know, domestic violence issues and stuff like that. She's, she's stayed a lot away from um, Instagram. She's honed it a little bit more with her fight. I want to think she's going to come in a little bit more conservative. And I think she is focused I'm going to go with Rachel Ostovich here. I think that the grapple heavy style and the heavier weight of her is going to just smother Gina. I just haven't seen Gina do well. Like you, I've been on Gina a multitude of different times, but she just doesn't step up to the plate and get it done. Yeah, I did, I did some research after um, our conversation earlier today. She does She does have us blocked on Instagram. She does? Yeah, she does. Shit. Why? Yeah. I don't know. We must have said something at some point, though. Yeah, dude. Uh, Well, that's there you go. Producer Jake, going to go into that OnlyFans, bruh. Does Rachel Ostovich have an OnlyFans? If not, Jake's going to sniff that out. Mm, Weird choice of words there, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. My B. My B. My B. All right, guys. If you're interested in in making some money this weekend, go to Bet Online. Uh, Use promo code Armchair. Take advantage of some of the great uh, sign up deals that they have there. If you guys don't have a book, I suggest using Bet Online. They have a lot of live wagering options that I utilize. Um, they, I just want to clarify something real quick. They are not my Atlanta Falcons. Um, I just bet on them to cover the spread more often than I should, and they don't. I'm not, I'm not betting on the money line to win very rarely, if ever. Um, but you know, betting the spread, you know, and, and especially games like last weekend against you know a injury riddled. Uh, New Orleans Saints team. I just don't understand how you don't cover. But anyway, um, it is what it is. I, 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 the Atlanta Falcons are not my 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 NFL team. Um, but I just I need to clarify that 
because we'll we'll get one star reviews just for people thinking I'm a Falcons fan. I just I've lost money betting the spread and including them in teasers and parlays and crap like that. I'm just sick of it. <laughs> All right, dude. Absolutely sick of it. I'm not doing the other read because you did it in the first part of the show. All so, right. Well, we're gonna uh, leave that. All right. You got anything else you want to leave the people with before we go? I don't. Um, for those listening, though, and if it's your first time, welcome. If it's not your first time, you know, today is our 50th episode. Um, it's a big episode for us. Uh, we started this in January. Um, it's crazy how quickly um, it's caught on. Uh, the amount of listeners that we have, the amount of people that are waving our flag that is Punchless MMA. Um, there are a bunch of accounts out there that we want to thank and a bunch that I can't remember off the top of my hand ahead, but there are a bunch of other podcasts and a bunch of other media channels. I'd love to quickly shout out if you don't mind um, lunch money bets, guys, go check them out. They're, they're awesome guys. Um, if you want to make small bets and make that lunch money back and capitalize on small bets and make a lot of money, they're awesome to check out run it back podcast, bunch of lads from Australia, dude, their podcast for MMA is awesome. They go through both, you know, the narratives that are happening with the fighters as well as um, you know, their own, you know, takes on bets MMA heads, another great media um, Instagram account. That guy, I swear he gets news faster than TMZ does on celebrities. Um, there's so many out there that I can't even uh, think on the top of my head, but thank you guys all so much for the support. 50 episodes in. Fuck yes. I love how you, I have, dude. I love you froze up on the on, on the F-bomb. It was just like, <laughs> <laughs> We're being censored, dude. It's that's what it is. With Zuckerberg, Zucker, Zuckerberg's after us for sure. Uh, Run it back is probably the best produced podcast uh, that I listen to. Yeah, no joke. The best produced podcast that I listen to. Those guys yeah, are insane. Their editing is top notch. It makes it it really makes it feel like we're running some sort of like thing with like two tin cans on a string. Um, <laughs> and what we're doing whenever I listen to their show, I'm always like, damn it! I hope people don't find out about them because then they'll stop listening to us. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> if the time difference wasn't so bad, I'd have whoever their producer. It's DL, uh, which is funny because you know, obviously, my name is Dale Lippin, and then, and then their producer his name is DL, but he is a beast, an absolute wizard. Um, and then just all around, their their whole show is hilarious. Stony Statman and Sugar Snags uh, appreciate all those guys. I'll put, uh, I'll put an invite out there though, dude. I swear, tit for tat, dude. America versus. Australia, dude, I'll shoey the shit out of them. I will show them how shoey's done. I'll fucking own it, dude. I'll do it, USA. Wave the flag, man. Okay, well, we, we had a guy do a shoey back when Tai Tuivasa fought, and he said, <laughs> "Don't do it" because he got sick afterwards. So got I don't loaded. know if it was his—I don't know if it was his shoe or not. But yeah, pump the brakes on the shoey. Don't just automatically commit to that. Yeah, um, guaranteed yeah. COVID. 50 episodes in, man. Was it a January start? Because how are we 50 episodes when we're doing one episode a week? Yeah, it's Jan, Jan 1. January 1st? January 1st was our first episode? I don't know if it was the first, but it was the first week of January. But you have to remember with the COVID shutdown stint, we missed like, you know, almost a month or three or four weeks. And then they came right back, put that thing in Jacksonville, Florida, and then the, we were off to the races. What do we have? Okay, we'll have to do some. I, I, I've been, I've been trying to lock on people for our, our one year episode two weeks from now because fifty two weeks in a year. Um, yeah, we're, we're gonna have to do some time crunching here because we, I may be marketing this wrong to try to get people on our show. That's cool, dude. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Like it, we'll, we'll make it work. Uh, but no, I appreciate everybody. Fifty episodes in. Here's the fifty more. Uh, it's just the beginning. So, I, I, I went on a little bit of a rant earlier today. 
um, makes me mad when I see people taking advantage of people in this space, in particular betting. Um, you know, obviously, guys, we're never going to tell you how to bet your money. We're just talking about how we're going to bet the fights. You're more than welcome to follow or fade as you see uh, as you see fit. I would never uh, be pompous enough to tell you what to do with your money. I'll just tell you what I'm doing with mine. Uh, we, we bet everything that we talk about because Trey and I are amateur handicappers at best. Um, but we are people that are passionate about the sport and want to see it grow. We enjoy authentic, real people in the space, whether it be podcasting, Instagram, or handicapping. Uh, sports betting is where it's at. It makes everything more fun if you've got some skin in the game. Appreciate everybody that's tuned in for 50 episodes. If you haven't done so, leave us a review on iTunes. If you can't leave us a review on iTunes, I encourage you to shoot us a message on Instagram at punchlistmma and let us know that you can't so that way you can be added to the wheel. And what is the wheel, Trey? Wait, dude, do you want to read the most recent review that was given? <laughs> I do want to read the most recent five-star review that we got. So while uh, you're pulling that up, the wheel is anyone that gives us a five-star review gets put into a wheel. We have over, I think, 250 names that are on that wheel right now. When that wheel is spun, you are entered in – I mean, now you're entered. You have an opportunity to win yeah. beer money. Guys, we yeah. are giving you beer money. Yeah, Like, get your six-pack ready. You can choose like craft beer, craft IPA, some bullshit seltzers like I'm drinking, whatever you want. That money's coming to you. Choose what you will with it. You're ready for fight night. You've got your beer. And it's all coming from us by just giving us a five-star review. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I need to add this guy before we do the beer spin for this week. Uh, but username Hisham1989 says, I love the drinking games. LOL. I still find them entertaining, even though the one dude butchers every yeah. UFC fighter's name all the yeah. time. Parentheses uh, or quotations. Rice McKee. Rice I, McKee. I, I don't so, remember saying Rice McKee, dude. I said Rise McKee. It might have just been. Even st it's it's still it's it's still pretty fucking rough, dude. Man. Like Giga Ch Chica days, dude. I, I know I fucked up some, but like Ri Rice McKee, dude. That's true. All right, fine, whatever. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. All right, let me get the uh, <laughs> let me get the wheel pulled up real quick. Hmm. Get the wheel pulled up. I did say though that Rise McKee was a big, you know, going to be a big flop. So whether you said whether I say Rice Rise, I did call it as I saw it. I you called call it, it like White on Rice. White on White on Rise. <laughs> white on Rise McKee. Oh my gosh, my wheel is not loading. Oh, there it was. All right, cool. Let me get the let me get my man added in here real quick, and then we'll uh, Hisham. 1989 outstanding all right let's let's get the screen share going on here and then we will do we're going to leave it at the pirate music correct yes of course all right outstanding here we go let's get a beer money winner uh our winner last week mr moran did not claim so we're looking at double beer money this week double beer money this week for the winner all right let's see here and you got the wheel you can see it perfect Perfect, perfect, perfect. Here we go. Here we go. L. Bundy Wagers. Yikes. L. Bundy Wagers. You right. cool that? I'm cool with that. L Bundy Wagers, reach out to us on Instagram, direct message, or email us at chat at punchlessmma.com. 
and we will make sure to submit to you some beer. That's right. That's right. All right, guys. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Uh, Black, if you're going out Black Friday shopping, be careful, be kind, be good to each other. Goodness gracious. Uh, it's just the TV. Uh, you know, you can get them pretty cheap all year long now. You don't need to fight or wrestle somebody or, you know, trample an old lady in a Walmart for a TV. Get it together. Be safe. And if you don't have a gun, get one. Conceal carry at all times. You never know. The world's a crazy place. If you can find ammo, let me know where you got it from. I need to buy some, too. Until next week, guys, be good to each other. Talk to everybody on Saturday night for Fight Night. And uh, take care.